Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is sponsored first and foremost by Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com for the very finest in tactical boots, tactical shoes and workout shoes, coincidentally called the Maximus shoes. Um, I can't remember the numbers that were recently released, Joe, but I think we're at your testosterone goes up by 32.5% if you buy them. Your handsomeness doubles, your marriage will be better. There's all kinds of things that these shoes bring with them. So feel free to go to the website, (laughs) put in the code Maximus20 and get yourself a pair. Get yourself a couple of pair because you're not going to want to lose out on all those uh, extra benefits that come with the shoes. That's right. We are also sponsored by Nidor Protein. Nidor Performance is a great outlet to buy your protein from. It's a brand that we trust. It's clean. It works www.nitorperformance.com. Use the code Maximus Podcast. Now that the bills are paid, we can get down to business. Let's do it. I'm not going to bother introing this huge Joe because this is a question and answer episode. All right. So I think that the, the there's no real topic to, to lay on the line here. We are just going to start answering questions and we are going to start with some questions from our inner circle. Now, if you don't know what the inner circle is, it's innercircle.themaximuspodcast.com. You could also go to themaximuspodcast.com and you could find a way to enter it. It's a monthly service that we offer that offers daily workouts. Uh, we chat with our members every single day yes. or every damn day, as my, my, <laughs> my tagline says. I should use that more. Um, we offer videos, motivation, things like that. It's like having access to you and I 24 7 365 um and and people are loving it so when we uh asked for some question and answers people stepped up and they asked away so we're going to start there all right so one of our inner circle members asks i have another child on the way like yourself joe are you having a kid i am not okay so this was directed at me not the question (laughs) but obviously trying to talk to me my question is, well, eight or nine hours sleep is ideal if your recovery is compromised for a sustained period because a young kid's not sleeping or working multiple shifts. What are the most sensible adjustments to make to training? Obviously, it won't be the time to do 10 by 10 mass gain or the Smolov squat protocol. Oh, dang. I was going to say he should totally do Smolov while he's yes, like totally exactly fatigued and, and burnt what out. What I was going to answer. <laughs> now, I... I don't know your thoughts on this, Joe. As, as a big pitcher, I get kind of tired of people blaming their lack of sleep on kids. Mm-hmm. I do understand that you can have some kids that are up all night. Yeah. But for the most part, that's really only the first three to six months. Mm-hmm. People act like their entire life and entire sleep trajectory is derailed by a kid, but it really doesn't last that long. No, and, and every kid's for, unique for too, right? Like some, like my yeah. uh, my son was kind of he early on he was sleeping through the night, so we were very fortunate. And and you don't know that going in, you know. With my daughter, it was a little bit different. And and they say every pregnancy is different, every every child is different. So you, you kind of have to adapt as you go. Yep. But it, it's definitely but, not a permanent situation. But it's not like you're sleeping two hours no. a night, like people make it sound. I mean, even if the baby's up at eleven at night, two in the morning, and six in the morning. Provided you're getting to bed early enough, you should be able to squeeze six or seven hours out. Yeah, yeah. 
right? Like, and, and I find as babies, when the baby's up, it usually wants to feed to go back to bed. Mm -hmm. So there should be, that's the, that's the first thing, just as a general rule, I don't think it's as bad as people make it sound. No, no. And I've had, I'm on my third kid now. So I, I, I think I'm a little experienced with this. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I suppose you could have a kid that's just up all night and a terror, yeah. but then you've got to figure out what you're going to do. And that might be where your wife's at home and breastfeeding, because it's not like you can help with that as a yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, maybe she takes the nighttime duty and you take the daytime duty so then she can rest. I mean, there, mm -hmm. there, there are fixes. I know people that do that, that the, you know, the husband has to show up to work well rested the next day. So yeah. maybe he sleeps in a separate bedroom. Mm -hmm. maybe that's the solution for a little bit and then can p pick up slack of the day. I mean, it's really hard to say what I try to do with the kids is when the baby sleeps, you sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's so huge. one of the things, one of the things that I find happens to people is the baby goes to bed at eight at night, but you decide to stay up till 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. You cannot be doing that. If that baby may, may be up in the night. Yeah, yeah. You've got to force yourself to just when the baby goes down, you go down and get sleep where you can. This is where naps are going to be essential. Mm -hmm. Well, and honestly, like if you're that fatigued, like if it is a rough go, uh, yep. you're going to want to lay down and sleep every chance you can. Oh, yeah, get for anyway. sure. So yeah. for sure. And that way, if you go to bed at eight at night, and you're up at six in the morning. You know, theoretically, that's 10 hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. Even if the baby was up for a couple of hours, you still got your eight hours. Is it as good as unbroken sleep? No, no. but it's better than sleeping four hours or three hours. Yeah, and this this is where the a little bit of something is always better than a lot of nothing. Like, you don't just yeah. throw in the towel. You, you do what you can. And, and realistically, I mean, you can only do the work you can really recover from. So yep. if you're used to doing like a small off program or a 10 by 10, yeah, maybe you just go back to like a five by three, you know, five by one kind of a workout and just get in, get it done. You know, just, you don't have to just quit. And that, and that's the yeah, big for thing. Sure. Just, just get in, get some heavy lifting in. If nothing else, you're probably not going to want to do a lot of sprinting. You're not going to want to take the time to do a, a 60 minute cardio session. Like yeah. it just makes sense. Go in, lift some weights, get it done. I mean, you can get a hell of good workout in 20 minutes if you put your mind to it. And, and oh, the weights sure. don't even have to be heavy. I mean, you throw 135 pounds on a barbell and just do as many reps as you can in 30 or even in 20 minutes. And there you go. That's good enough. On to the next. Yeah. And I want to say as a general rule for working out, like stay away from stuff that's going to like completely crash your system. Yeah, yeah. Super hard intervals, super hard circuits, stuff that leaves you in a pile of sweat. At the same time, if you can handle it, do it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've actually kind of started mapping out my training, Joe. When the baby comes, probably for a six-week period, I'm probably going to focus on five heavy singles every day. Yeah. Just to maintain strength and then let my body rest. Yeah. You know, that might be the thing to do. But I will tell you, if I feel good one day and I'm well-rested, might as well bust out a workout. Yeah, Nothing wrong yeah. with that at all. Well, and then keeping nutrition on track too, because that's where most people screw up. It's not because their training falls apart. It's because their diet falls apart right. and they start eating well, way extra, especially high carbs because they're tired. So they go hand in hand, yeah. right? Your sleep suffering or you're under stress. That means you have to throw every other area of your life out the window too. Yeah, yeah. And that's not true. So eat better, try to sleep when the baby sleeps. And if you have to adjust your workout, but really adjusting the workout for me is the last thing that I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I try to focus on the other things first. Mm -hmm. 
Next question. How do I figure out distance on a fan bike to replace the rower ski erg if I don't have any of those? Pretty common question. Yeah, it is. Um, well, that, or, or the, think, the other iteration I, I've heard is like, well, the, the airdyne is different than the air fit is different than the stair fit. Like, how do you yeah. how do you equalize all that? It's pretty close. It's all the same shit, really. Yeah. In general, I'd like to think that a 500 meter row is roughly the equivalent of 50 calories. Yeah. It's 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 that said, it's harder for the short sprints because a 500 meter row might take you 130. Mm -hmm. Most people can get 50 calories in a minute. So it's a little bit off, but the longer those distances are, I think the truer that equation becomes. Well, and I look at it too from like what what's the intent of the exercise? So if you if you have yes. like a 50 calorie, you know, bike sprint on your program and all you've got available is a rower, well, I mean a 50 calorie row isn't that much different. Right. No. And, and then look at the, the, other... the, the time. Right. So, I mean, if, if you got to run an 800 meter sprint, but you live in Minneapolis and it's a blizzard outside, I mean, maybe you're going to do an 800 meter row. It's going to be roughly the same thing. Yeah. And I, I like using time as a as a governor, if you will. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at a 2000 meter row for time, what's the standard? Well, Bobby Maximus says it's seven minutes. Mm -hmm. Go as hard as you can on a fan bike for seven minutes yep. for max calories. Yeah. You can kind of you can kind of play with those. There's no real right or wrong. As long as the time and the effort is similar, there's no magic to any one of these things. Yeah, and if you're off by 30 seconds a minute, heck, even two minutes, it's not the end of the world as long as it's a good yeah, hard effort. For sure. The next question from our inner circle, the best tips for squat and deadlift improvement and in brackets, they've got weight increase. So I'm assuming the person wants to get stronger squat and deadlift. Mm-hmm. Well, the simple answer is you got to squat and deadlift heavy. Yeah. And, if you want to get yeah. stronger. And you got to be good at it. Like if you've got all kinds of movement dysfunction, you can't be throwing extra weight on the movement. You got to address that stuff. So I just yep. start from the ground up, like do a lot of, of, I guess, corrective work, maintenance type work just to make sure you're moving well. And then, yeah, it like lifting heavy weights is a skill and it needs to be practiced. And the more you practice, sure. the more your body will adapt. So you want to get strong. You got to lift heavy. Do you remember what episode the strength podcast was? Uh, not offhand. <laughs> 20 yeah, something. Look for it. It's it's getting strong strength. It's in the late 20s. But if you want to get strong, you've got to lift certain rep structures and percentages. Mm -hmm. Off the top of my head, five sets of three at 80% one rep max, six sets of two at 85%, four sets of four at 80%. And and five to six sets of one at ninety percent. Those four workouts, yeah. those will work really well. Um, the the chart that we use, and it's actually detailed uh, for this inner circle member on the inner circle. It's AS Prilipin's chart. Yeah, and it's Anything episode from that chart, episode twenty nine. Okay, twenty nine. Yeah. So go check that out. It will teach you how to get strong. Let's see for the next one. What do you think makes a good coach, and who did you learn your coaching styles from? Oh boy. Uh, I, you know, Joe, I, I would say with the coaching road, coach is different than a trainer. Yeah. A trainer to me is somebody that counts reps and puts programs on paper. Mm -hmm. A coach is somebody that's a lot more than that. They're also your sports psychologist. Yeah. They're your leader. They're somebody you look up to. Um, so I would say what, what, what makes a good coach is that you really, really care. Yeah, I would say a good a coach, coach gives a damn, gives a real damn. Yeah, 
They're not doing it for a paycheck. Yeah. They're not doing it because they want some other thing. They actually really care about your progress as an athlete mm-hmm. and how you do. And they'll put that they'll put that above everything else. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree with that. And I would say too, like influences, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of good coaches out there, but I mean, I've had good teachers that have helped me be a better coach. You know, I've had just good relationships with other people that I know that kind of remind me of what it takes to, to, to really help motivate people, you know, so like my my best friends, uh, my high school coaches from all the different sports I played in high school, my Taekwondo coach from college was a major influence. Uh, some of the coaches I've worked with after, I mean, the the list would go on and on. It, realistically, we all stand on the shoulders of giants, right? So here's here's what I love that you just said, the teacher analogy. Mm-hmm. Because when I think back to high school, there is one teacher that stands out above the rest for me. It was a guy named Lloyd Ribeiro. Um, he was my biology teacher, but he was more than that. He really cared he knew every student's name. He yeah. knew the sports they played. He would ask you about things that may be important to you. So I would come into class. He'd be like, hey, how'd your wrestling meet go two nights ago? Like he just seemed to really give a shit about the school and his students. And it's funny because I had other decent teachers, but he stood out above the rest. So think of it like that. Think of a teacher that you had in high school that you really connected or bonded with and what was different about them versus the teacher that – Frankly, Joe, I can't remember some of their names. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's why. That's what makes the difference, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love that. In terms of me for that, my coaching styles, I've been fortunate enough to play a lot of high-level sports. And so obviously my wrestling coaches in university were huge yeah. in uh, my coaching style. I mean they, I'd, I'd say they built the foundation of that. Uh, Sean Tompkins was one who who ran Team Tompkins. Uh, Sean died a little bit a while ago, but was regarded as one of the best MMA coaches ever. So I learned a lot from him. Uh, Shaw Franco, another one of my fight coaches. I've been really lucky to have some good coaches in my career. So you learn firsthand. Um, If you were only able to do one exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be? (laughs) That's such a ridiculous question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I... You know, but but at the same time, I get where it comes from. Oh yeah, people so want to like, well, like what are what are the the most effective exercises, right? You know, I, I want to pick something I like. Mm-hmm. So for this inner circle member, I want to say pull ups because I'm always doing pull ups and what I love. Yeah. But I'm smart enough to realize, Joe, that if I only did pull ups. Legs would suffer, chest would suffer, uh, shoulders would suffer. So really, I'm probably going to have to say the deadlift. Mm, Because if there's one exercise that works your whole body, I'm going to say it's the deadlift. Maybe the Turkish getup as a secondary. The the Turkish getup would be one that I would would consider. I would also look at like maybe Olympic lifts, something like the snatch. Like you kind of have to be good everywhere to be good at the snatch. So if I had to just train one thing, but – I mean, if, if you're assuming we have to throw all the accessory exercise out, then you're you're going to have to go with something just simple and brutish, and the deadlift is a good choice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Next, from another one of our Inner Circle members, say you have a bad workout due to energy levels or injury or whatever. Do you have any tips to reset so you're positive the next day? Joe, I know you have just been through, and it relates to the first question – having a newborn. Uh-huh. So what what are your ideas on that? Uh, well, I think the, the big thing is to already have positivity as a habit. 
right? So if you're already kind of wiring yourself with the green light thoughts, maybe you're doing green dot therapy, you're writing down your five reasons in the morning, like it's a lot easier to just say, oh, that was a bad day. I got to move on. Um, Something I learned from my, my fight career as a martial artist is just to take a minute of meditation and just kind of wipe the desk off. That's what my coach used to say. He's like, you sit quietly for a second. You have all your clutter, all your thoughts are just sitting on your work desk. And just right now, we're just going to wipe that stuff off. Just dump it in the trash and just focus on training. And then it doesn't matter the day before the next day. It's irrelevant. We're just living in the now. And that, that was always just a a great pre-workout and even, you know, post-workout routine to get into. It's just, just sit quietly for a second and just clear the desk. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I have some better advice, actually, Joe. Sure. This is special for our Inner Circle member. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I think I am. Let's hear it. Well, nothing, no. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, God, make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> Just let it go, Joe. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to get through a day without having to hear that fucking song. <laughs> Yeah, you have a daughter. You listen to it all the damn time. But, I mean, as funny as that is, you just have to let it go and move on. You've got to understand yeah. that what – what is there? There's 365 days in a year. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to be a great day. Like, and if you – it's funny how hard we can be on ourselves for working out. Like, if I have a bad day, I'm all worried about it. Mm-hmm. But every athlete in the history of the world has had a bad day. Yeah. You know, like yeah. <laughs> your, your guy. Now, I got to be real careful because I took some hate from your family for bashing the, the Green Bay Packers. But... No, no. For misquoting Lombardi. That was the problem. Okay. Saint Lombardi, I think they referred to him as. But um, Thursday night, they played the Bears, correct? Yes. And they won 10 to 3. Yes. Aaron Rodgers is capable of scoring 40 points. Oh, absolutely. He's a great quarterback. Like whether you like him, don't like him, whatever. He's damn good at what he does. And he only put 10 up. Mm -hmm. The Bears only put three points up. I mean, neither team really played that well. No, no. It's going to happen. So what do you assume that your whole program's wrong? Your offense doesn't work. You're going to like trade everybody. No, you just – as as Elsa or or Ariel or Cinderella or whoever's singing that song in the Disney movie, I get all these princesses confused. But as she says, let it go and worry about next week. Yeah. So I I try to just as the song says, let it go and focus on the next thing at hand. Well, I, I like that advice too because uh, the short term is not indicative that things need to change. Right? It's long term things. So if you're having bad workout after bad workout after bad workout, now, okay, look, I've had three bad workouts in a row. Something's going on. But like one, you you just move on. You just bury it and move on. It's the same NFL team comes out. They got one bad game. Like you said, they can't just fire the head coach. Like next game they come out and they win by 62 points. Like, all right, I guess we're okay. Just move on. I actually know the answer to this because I've been watching sports a lot lately. Uh-huh. The last team that went undefeated in the regular season was the New England Patriots. That was in 2007. Mm-hmm. So that's 12 years ago. Yeah. Teams lose. You have bad days. Get over it. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. What are your thoughts on training fasted? Talking lifting, not fasted cardio. Ooh, I, I, you know, Joe – I really don't have a problem with it. I don't think 
lifting fasted makes you weak. A lot of people think, oh, you're not going to lift well if you don't eat breakfast. That's not necessarily true. Provided you ate enough food the day before, yeah, I think you should have enough in the tank to support your effort. Like I think that you're affected that way from having a global calorie deficit. Yeah. You know, you're, you're affected from that. So if you're eating 1800 calories a day and, and that's a result of fasting every day, yeah, you might be a little weak in the gym, but if you carb up on Monday, Tuesday, just because you skip breakfast is not going to be a bad workout. I think mentally people let it affect them a lot more than the actual yeah. physical yeah, kind they of kind, kind of psych themselves up before the workout. Yep. Like, oh, I'm going in fast. But I, I think it depends a little bit on, on what you mean by fasted too. Like uh, the time of day is a big factor. So I yep. get up at 4.30 in the morning and we usually do a heavyweight training session at 5.30. And the most I'll have is like a scoop of protein powder in my coffee, which I sip on throughout the workout. So, I mean, I'm largely fasted, you know, like I just woke up, went to the gym, I'm sipping on protein coffee and working out. It's not like I got a ton of calories in and I've never really noticed uh, any kind of detriment. I can usually yep. eat a pretty good breakfast after a really hard training session, which is nice. And it, really, that's the time to do it. But if you're talking like fasted at the end of the day, like you haven't eaten for 10 hours and you've been doing other stuff, like by then, yeah, you're, you're probably going to be fatigued. You know, so I yeah, think that, sure. that would probably affect your your weight training session a little bit more than if you're waking up and just going to the gym. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's mental fatigue, too, by the end of the day. Exactly. You're just but, wore out, Even right? think about the, the guys that do like Ramadan. Um, I remember this being a big deal when uh, Hakeem Olajuwon was in the NBA finals back in the 90s. And they're like, oh, he's been fasting all day. And he was just like, it's it's not that hard. Yeah, you just got to come out here and play your game, you know? Yeah. And so just for, do it. Yeah. So it, it depends a lot on your personality. It depends on, on, you know, how fasted you are. If it's just an overnight fast and you're waking up and working out first thing in the morning, no, no big deal. Yeah. At the same time, Joe, and, and it's interesting because there have been people in the history of the world that haven't been able to eat for a couple of days for whatever reason mm -hmm. and have still been able to do some pretty damn incredible things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like in the, in the military, like all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So. I'd say chill out on that. Next, had to stop the six-month program because of injury. Should I restart from day one? Um, this is relating to the Maximus body, I'm assuming, because there's yeah. a six-month program in there. But I don't want to limit this question to just the Maximus body. So what does happen if you have a program written out two months, three months, four months, a year, and you do get hurt? Should you restart from day one? Uh I don't know, Joe. I think the answer depends. Uh, if I, you only had to take a couple of days off, don't restart the program. That's yeah, dumb. Yeah. If you had to take two months off, maybe you restart the program. Because what would happen if you played a professional sport and you got hurt in the middle of the season? Mm -hmm. You kind of come in and just do what the team's doing. Yeah. You just have to assimilate as best as possible. Well, and it's the nature of the injury, right. too. Like, if you had, like, a total, like, knee or hip reconstruction, you're probably yes. going to start back at day one because your lifts are, are affected, you know? You don't know yep. what you're capable of. But if, if you had, like, a mild wrist sprain or, like, you know, a bad case of a tendinosis and you had to sit for a while, you know, your your main lifts probably aren't that affected. And so if the first month of the program, and I know for the Maximus body specifically, it's very much a testing phase. 
Like, yep. I, I mean, you could make an argument one way or the other. So it, it again, the best answer is it just kind of depends. Talk to your coach. For sure. I also think there's a difference between working out where there's no season and you can control your seasons mm -hmm. and trying to come back from some, for something you have to. So yeah. in that example, I just competed in the world championships for jujitsu. Yeah. If I got hurt and couldn't train the month before, but could come back from competition, I just have to do the best I can. I'm not starting on a program. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. If it's yeah. only weightlifting, yeah, I could go back from day one and there's no real time lost. Well, and yeah, I, your, your goal and, and like the time constraints around that goal are important too. You know, if you don't yes. really have like any kind of time constraint, like you're just trying to work up to, you know, a, a triple weight deadlift and you had to take two months off, like it, it's, there's no rush. There's no yeah. reason for you to jump nope. right back in where you left off. If, if it makes sense for you to kind of go back and retrain, like doing the basics, going back to the beginning is, is like a good thing. You know, the best yeah, athletes sure. in the world drill the basics every day. So it's not going to nope. be detrimental to you. I mean, maybe maybe your two-month injury sets you back three months of training. Big whoop. What's yep. your rush? <laughs> so I have another question for you, Joe, and there's right. a story behind this. All right. This gentleman says, I increase your strength by 301% and let you eat like shit, and you can still be big and lean. What am I? So, you know, when you read a question on the internet or a comment and you immediately, <laughs> depending what kind of mood you're in, take it as good or take it as bad. Mm -hmm. My first response was, fuck this guy. He's trying to accuse me of being on steroids or some <laughs> bullshit like that. He looked at my internet feed. He saw that I eat steak once in a while. He's pissed off. He's out of shape. Uh -huh. Fuck this dude. I'm going to let him have it. So I actually wrote him a message back <laughs> and I said, what do you mean by that? You want to explain yourself. And he immediately goes, I was talking about Lalo shoes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're right. It's Lalo shoes. You're not trolling me. You're not on my case. Thank you for supporting what I do. <laughs> See, that's, so that that's, was, that's where I thought. I'm like, okay, we got to somehow organically turn this into an advertisement. That's our goal yep. right now. <laughs> I, you know, I get a lot of these internet trolls yes, that yes. just make it their mission to constantly <laughs> accuse me of shit, say shit. There's one fucking jackass that every time I post something puts fakeplates.com up. <laughs> it looks like it's at, uh, I'm looking it up right now, at J-O-E underscore Sabulla. Oh, never Fuck heard that of him. guy. He's an idiot. But, but for real, you get these trolls. So like sometimes when people say shit on the internet, I go right to like they're attacking me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, funny. it is the Lalo shoes. Uh, thank you for the sponsorship uh, opportunity, Charlie. I really appreciate it. It's www.lalo.com, L-A-L-O.com. Use the code Maximus20. And yes, the Maximus shoes will increase your strength by 301%, let you eat like shit, and still be big and lean. Yep, that's how they work. <laughs> shit, dude, that was funny. Oh, um, rank and order of importance, sleep, exercise, nutrition. We, I think we've answered this one before, haven't we? Because you, uh, I remember you telling the story about hearing Hulk Hogan answer this. Yes, Hulk Hogan says first you train, yeah. then you eat, then you train again, and if there's still time, you sleep. Yeah, it, 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 that's it, you have what, to do. Yeah, there, if there's nothing to recover from, then what's the point, right? No, and and the, here's the way I explain it because I kind of put it in my own words and stole it from from Hulk Hogan afterwards. Um, 
respectfully, of course. The I look at it like this: Who's more fit, Joe, in a in a workout competition? The person who sleeps eight hours a night and watches her diet perfectly, mm-hmm. but does no exercise, or the person who practices exercising but maybe doesn't have perfect sleep or nutrition habits. Yeah, the exercise. Clearly, the exerciser, clearly. So that's why I put exercise first. Millions of CrossFitters can't be wrong, Bobby. (laughs) No, they cannot. However, I will say this. For high-level people, if you want to get the best out of your body, I'd really have to rank these as equal. Yeah, yeah. I mean – You know what I mean? Like, If you're trying to win the Olympics, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, in application, you've got to train first. But – I, I, I get it. They're, they're about equal. Um, what are your thoughts on upper lower splits versus whole body for strength sessions? Uh, I, you know, again, it depends. This is the hard part with exercise. The answer is always, it depends. So we had that six month injury program. We've got this people ask about cardiovascular fitness. And really, it just depends how you write the program. Uh, I want to be clear, Joe, you and I could each write the same, program like like someone comes to us with a goal yeah you could probably write that program 10 different ways i could write it 10 different ways Mm -hmm. and all of them would be equally successful yeah so i i you know i don't have a preference i will say this though it governs what your week will look like so because i do upper lower upper lower upper lower i can lift weights every day yeah and still maintain a high level of recovery if i was to do a whole body session like on a monday I'm probably not lifting weights on a Tuesday. I'm probably relegated to doing cardiovascular fitness. Exactly. To try and prevent me getting injured. So you could do it either way, but that's a caveat. Yeah. And and I would say like if you're working out like hard three days a week, like it would make sense to do hard three total body days a week and not try to do like one hard upper, one hard lower, and then like maybe one total. That wouldn't yep. be the worst thing either. I mean, I could still write a pretty killer program that follows that. In fact, a lot of my my newer clients kind of fall into something to that effect. Um, yep. So again, it, it depends a lot on on the frequency of training, the intensity of training, your training history is a really big factor in there, and of course, what your goals are. You know. Yeah, I like it. Next one. What? I can't take these people seriously. <laughs> You guys need to fuck off. My friends send me weird ass messages. So Joe, this is why don't you talk more about the strength and mental stamina in the Viking people from the north? <laughs> all right. We all know that this is going to make this person so happy. I have a I have a feeling I know who wrote this. Um He's, he's from Scandinavia. Yes, the Vikings are the most powerful warriors to ever <laughs> walk the earth. More powerful than Genghis Khan and all the Marvel Avengers let me, let me, together. Let me clear the air on this, okay? <laughs> the, the Vikings, at, at heart, were businessmen, okay? Yep. They, they come sailing out of the north. They would pull up to the beach, and people would say, hey, what are you doing here? And they said, hey, we're, we're selling high-quality Viking furniture. We got a boatload of Ikea. And then people would say, hey, we'll take some Ikea, and now a business relationship forms. And so then it makes sense. They they move into the village. They start marrying yep. the villagers' daughters. And the next thing you know, the whole culture is Viking anyway. If yep. you were one of the ones who said, you know what, take your Ikea and get the fuck out of here. Okay, fine. They would pack up the boat, and they would head up river. And at 3 in the morning, they'd be back. And guess what? Now your village is their village. So it was all just a business deal. 
Yep. That's it. That's but it. But holy shit, man. I laugh at these people that send me these messages. <laughs> All right. And you can tell we're reading them live because I was like, Vikings? What the? <laughs> okay, I know who this is. But you mean like the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> yes. What do you do on days when you are dragging ass and don't want to train? I go anyway. Mm-hmm. I do not miss workouts because I don't feel like it. To me, it's a psychological thing. Maybe I should take a day off to recover, but it's a slippery slope. One day turns into two, two turns into three. Like you don't not brush your teeth because you don't feel like it. You said that in an earlier podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You don't skip like taking care of your kid because you don't feel like it. I look at working out as just something that I have to do every damn day. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I look at, you know, where I'm at in my my week, where I'm at in my month, where I'm at in my year, like, what am I training for? And maybe maybe I'm just like really beat up because like I did this workout yesterday. Uh, true story. Did a workout yesterday it was gnarly. And so if I'm dragging ass today, you know what, maybe today is not the best day to try to go in and do another one of those. So maybe I'll just pick something yeah. a little simpler, something a little less intimidating and still just crush it. You yeah, know? easy. Right, like you yeah. just get in there, do something, show up. Again, a little even bit if of something you don't, is always better than a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, even if you don't want to train, the best advice I ever got from somebody—it's actually someone I taught at a seminar—is just show up during your gym time. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to train, make the commitment to go there on time. Yeah, because just by sitting there, a you'll probably get bored and do something, but keep the habit. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. The most times you've done Trinity in one week. Uh. I have no idea. I don't keep track of ridiculous stats like that. Well, actually, I do. And the answer is 12. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say my best is probably six. Yeah. Because I was doing upper, lower, upper, lower, upper, lower. It might have been 14. Back in the day, Joe, Mm -hmm. my goal used to be to do 1,500 pull-ups, push-ups, and dips a week. And I just had to get there however I could. That was my fight program. Um, it's crazy. It was a little bit eccentric, but it worked pretty well. Um, and, and I'm going to say back in the day, there's times I go in the morning and go at night and just do my little circuit of pushups, pull-ups and dips. So I'm sure there was weeks where I was there twice a day, every day. And I think Monday about it, it, some like oftentimes I'll do a 10 minute Trinity as a warm up or as a cool down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, what do you consider like a, an official 30 minute Trinity or, I mean, I was doing 45 minute Trinities when I was doing upper lower, upper lower. So I mean, hard to quantify, but a but lot. The answer is a, the answer is a bunch. And yeah. you can do that with body weight exercises mm-hmm. with unnaturally loaded your body with weights and barbells. I'd be very hesitant. Like I'm not going to do bench press every day, No, but I've got no problem doing pull-ups and push-ups every day. Yeah. I mean, at least in um, some capacity, you might not be doing an hour long Trinity every single day, but I mean, 10 minutes, yes. here, 15 minutes there is not terrible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, locations and dates for the Maximus certification 2020, not released yet, but the next one is December 6th to 8th, 2019 in Salt Lake City. Uh, you go to MaximusMethod.com or BobbyMaximus.com slash events, sign yourself up. And uh, you can take real live pictures with Joe and I. That's right. For free. Yep. Um, on top of the seminar fee. Uh, <laughs> it's, is, there'll be an added charge. <laughs> yep. Is nineteen ninety nine per Polaroid. Um, is <laughs> is CrossFit a good workout over bodybuilding in terms of muscle building? I'm not sure what CrossFit is. I'm going to assume that's CrossFit. 
Um, a good workout over bodybuilding in terms of muscle building. I think that really depends what your definition of muscle building is. Yeah. If you want to look like Mr. Olympia, you want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you want to look like uh, Steve Reeves, classic old school strongman. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I take that back. I think you could have a Steve Reeves-esque body from CrossFit, to be honest with you, because he mm-hmm. wasn't jacked out of his mind. But you want to look like Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler or Michael yeah. Hearn? CrossFit's not going to cut it. You no. need to do standard bodybuilding stuff. That said, I have seen a lot of CrossFit people with gorgeous physiques. Yeah. Like they look incredible. So, yeah, would I want to look like Rich Fronin or would I want to look like um, uh, d- 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 P. Vellner or would I, I don't even know his first name. Um, <laughs> would I want to look like, or I can't pronounce it, would I want to look like Brett Fiktowski? Would I want to look like Matt Fraser? Sure. Yeah. They have great physique. So, yeah, yeah I, I I think it can be good. It just depends on, like, how big are you looking to get? Well, yeah, and I think, too, the, the like, CrossFit is so encompassing. I mean, like, you can really do, like, a very bodybuilding-esque CrossFit. You can do a very, like, powerlifting-esque CrossFit, do a very gymnastics-y CrossFit. So, like, it's just such a, uh, I guess, yeah. generic term that it, it's just kind of hard to say exactly what it is. So, yep. I mean, yeah, it, go to a CrossFit gym where everybody looks like Rich Froning. There's a better than not chance that you're going to end up looking more like Rich Froning. You know what I mean? So yes. There's just a lot of variation within that thing, too. For sure. Um, how would you train when looking to lose body fat and maintain muscle mass? Well, I, I honestly, I go back to the bodybuilding training, Joe. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to try to maintain muscle mass – You've got to be careful to not burn too many calories. Mm-hmm. You don't want to. You don't want to put yourself in a complete metabolic overdrive because you will start to burn muscle. Yeah. Um, actually, it's funny. Will uh, Pace uh, in my gym comes to me, goes, "Why do I smell like ammonia?" <laughs> Shit, you're. And he's been working hard lately. Like he's been doing a ton of Taekwondo, uh, doing a ton of stuff in the gym. And I'm like, well, you're probably not having enough protein Uh and the type of work you're doing, like, cause he's really pushing lately is, is burning your muscle up. So Mm -hmm. I would, I would, if you're trying to do that, I'd go back to the standard bodybuilding type training, just simple reps and sets go to failure all the time to Mm -hmm. tell your body to, to, you know, to, to re remodel your muscle bigger, um, and, 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 and that's what I would do. I would stay away from like hard circuits. I'd mm-hmm. stay away from, uh, a lot of endurance training as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that completely. It's like you, you kind of need to chase the pump and then try to, to dial in the nutrition so that you're, yes. you're losing extra. Yeah. Tissue. And it, any cardio is what bodybuilders do. Like you just go on an elliptical trainer, mm-hmm. spin on a bike, walk on a treadmill for 30 to 60 minutes a day, low intensity. Like that's stay away so from That's so key. I was going to say that's yeah. so key because everybody thinks, oh, I got to go on the treadmill and run till I die. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you should be having a conversation as you go. Yep. So you just get it, get into the old school, quote unquote, fat burning zone and just hang out there for exactly. a while. Yep. The next one. How do you build functional muscle mass? German volume training? Uh, you could do German volume training. German volume training is the original word for 10 sets of 10 mm-hmm. at roughly 60% one rep max. The key to functional muscle mass, uh, to building functional muscle mass is you have to do some hypertrophy training. Yeah. So 10 sets of 10, four sets of 15, five sets of 10, five sets of 12, something that's going to put you close to failure every set. But the real key to me behind functional mass training, Joe, 
is to stay away from machines, to actually yeah. do stuff where you have to support your body. So well, this, this is going back to the previous question. This is actually really a place where CrossFit excels, right? Because yes. when you're doing a, a big, long chipper where, like, say you got to do 150 wall balls in a row, well, that's basically forcing you to kind of do interval weights. Yep. You know, you're forcing different intervals. You're working yourself like near muscle failure, right? You're working against an external load, and it's generally in a very functional method. You know, you're 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 not yeah. on a machine just lifting until failure. You're you're moving some external object, and that might be a barbell, uh, a medicine ball. Uh, dumbbells are really popular in CrossFit right now. They've been using them a lot in the CrossFit Open the past few years, and that's. Yep. Good, functional, real-world stuff. And again, it's just kind of forcing that high rep, interval style, working towards failure. There you go. Yep, easy peasy. But the key is, is like pick squats over leg press. Yes. Pick, pick. Uh, I don't know, lunges with a barbell over lunges yeah. on a Smith machine. Yeah, don't, don't think about pick, like body uh, part splits. Think more of like movement and, and planes of movement. Pushes yeah, and pulls sure. and squats and, and deadlifts and, and, and mix them together so you're kind of working everything. Yep. Next, from the same person, this person's uh, pretty obsessed with, with looking big and jacked, hmm. which I like. I th- I feel like me and this, this person could be really good friends. Maybe we're soulmates <laughs> on the internet. How would you train actors looking to build a superhero physique for a movie role? Well, there's a lot of ways to train people. For aesthetics. Yeah. Um, the first thing I'd say is there's no weight on camera. Like, Joe, yeah. you see me on camera. I could tell you I'm 220 or 250 and you have no idea. There's no real height either. No. Because you, there's all kinds of tricks to hide my height. Yeah. Yeah. So the single biggest thing is get away from how much you weigh. Get away from, uh, y- y- you know, muscle building versus all this stuff. The key is skinny waist, big ass shoulders and arms. You know who this reminds me of actually is uh, Branch Warren. Because he is yeah. on, on a poster. That dude is a monster. He is bigger yep. than a mountain. But if you ever meet him in real life, like he's not a super huge dude. Like he's not like 6'8". You know what I mean? No. Like he's just kind of like an like, average looking dude. And then it's like you see him on a, again, on a, on a picture somewhere. And it's just like, holy crap. But you're that. talking, st- you're talking stature now. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's he's on the other hand like a guy like Clay Matthews is big. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just a big human. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the key is that skinny waist, big shoulders, big arms. Yep. So so if I was training an actor for this kind of stuff, a lot of arm work, a lot of shoulder work, a lot of stuff to push the upper chest, and I would honestly stay away from stuff that thickened up the midsection. Yeah. So not a lot of heavy front squats, not a lot of heavy deadlifts. Mm-hmm. I try to keep that kind of nice and tight. Well, and you have to look at the nature of the project they're involved in too, right? Because like if they're if they're doing all their shirtless scenes like week one of the shoot, like that's a lot easier than if they're doing it in the yeah. middle of like a year long shoot. And you've got like three days where they just got to look amazing. Like that gets to be really sure. difficult to kind of dial that stuff in, especially when they're, you know, traveling around the world, sleeping in hotels. Yep. It can get crazy. So it depends a lot on the project too. Yeah. Next, you're the best in the game. How much conditioning are you doing these days? I, you know, Joe, because I'm feeling humble today, I'm going to assume he's talking about you. So do you <laughs> want to tell me how much conditioning you're doing these days? 
Uh, I mean, I do a, a, a little bit. I'm not as obsessed with it as I once was. That's for dang sure. Um, aesthetics are much more important to me now than actual performance. Um, yep. But I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I, I sat down today and did a 50-calorie sprint in about a minute 30 this morning and wasn't dying. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a fair amount. I'm, I'm good. Well, the other, the other thing is you can row a sub 7 2k any day, any of, the week day of the on week. command you can yeah. run a six minute mile so i'm uh, i mean you're doing enough to get the job done yeah um for me it depends what kind of conditioning you're talking about i'm doing hard jujitsu three times a week so a lot of conditioning there mm-hmm. um the holy trinity even though it's 30 minutes of essentially pull-ups push-ups and dips when you go fast enough at that you sweat like a motherfucker. Oh, this was me, like, me I'm yesterday. Doing, I did 10 minutes just for absolute yeah. max reps, and I was absolutely cooked at the end of it. So Yeah. So so that's a form of conditioning. So I, I, I guess a lot. Um, when are you next coming to the UK for the Maximus method? Hoping for March. Hmm. How are your methods different from what CrossFit gyms do? Uh, you know, Joe, I would, I would say for both of us, because we both train people the same way. Mm-hmm. Both you and I train people very individually. Yeah. For most, this is most CrossFit gyms, not all. You have a class schedule. The workout's predetermined. 15 to 20 people come into a class and they get what's on the board. Yeah. You and I tend to do a lot of personalized programming. So if you, you know, your goal is to be a better jujitsu athlete, you get jujitsu workouts, if you will. If your goal is to be an endurance athlete, you get goals to facilitate that. If you want to play in the NFL, your workouts are structured around playing in the NFL. So I would say that some of the stuff is actually very similar. Do Mm -hmm. we do circuits? Yes. Do we do five heavy singles? Yes. Do we do single leg stuff? Yes. Do we do wall balls? Yes. I'd say our programming is just highly individualized. And I, I'd probably say that a different way. Um, and, and maybe this is just coming from having ran a CrossFit gym for a number of years. But when you're programming for a community, like I can't just target one person's needs. And so I'm looking at the needs of the community. Um, one of yep. the best ways you can look at this, if you have a, a record board at your CrossFit gym, where you've got like all the named workouts and kind of who the top athletes are. If you notice, like, everyone is just crushing Fran, but they suck at Linda, I might skew the the, the group programming more towards getting better yes. at Linda. You know what I mean? If they're, like, destroying Angie and Barbara and they really suck at Karen, well, okay, we need to focus on Karen. We don't need to be doing so many pull-ups, push-ups, and dips in our, in our regular programming. And so you, you're kind of getting this, like, average program that's just sort of kind of probably good for everybody. Versus, yep. like you said, when somebody comes in, I, CrossFit has its own definition of fitness, right? Increased work capacity across broad time, age, and modal domains. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win a triathlon. Right? Yes. That's a very specific thing. And so individually, we're redefining fitness for that individual and then training to that goal. Yeah, I like it. Uh, tips for setting new PRs. I hit a peak and can't get past a certain weight. Need help. Uh, it's a really vague question to be honest with you without knowing a lot about Mm -hmm. the person. However, the blanket advice I give to everybody is, are you sleeping enough? Are you fueling your effort enough? Like is your nutrition dialed in and is your recovery on point? Most people, when they plateau, it's not because the program is bad, Joe. Yeah. It's because 
they're not sleeping enough, eating enough, or they're not recovering enough. So I would say if you want to set some new PRs, put recovery into hyperdrive. Sleep eight to nine hours a night, get massages, really watch what you eat, foam roll, do everything that you are supposed to do to recover. Use the sauna, cold showers, and then start lifting and you'll probably make more progress than you have in years. And I would say too, like, and and this is making an assumption because when you start training from nothing, like you're going to PR all the time. And that's mostly because every day, every day is something new. And so you do something new. It's like an automatic PR. So if we're talking about like, I feel like I'm hitting a plateau. I'm not PRing like I used to. Well, okay. Now you're in the place where it's just not going to come easy and you're going to have to train for it. And so the question then gets to be, well, what do you train? And that's where my question for you is, are you analyzing your lifts? If you're failing your deadlift, like where are you failing? Are you failing off the floor? Are you failing at lockout? Is it a technique problem? Is it a structural problem? And then what are you doing to address that? You know, if you're, if you're failing your bench off your chest, like what does that mean for you? Again, is it a technique thing? Do you need to be doing certain drills or do you just need to like strengthen your pecs and get them bigger so that you can lift more weight? Yeah. Uh, so, or your triceps or your front delts. Ex- like exactly. What's, where's, where, the where's the key? So down? this is where, you know, finding a, a good quality coach can help. Uh, I would actually just start getting used to videotaping your lifts. You know, you're going to set up and do a, a set up bench, set your camera up, videotape, and then watch that set and say, okay, where am I weak? And then when you're choosing your accessory exercises, those are the things that you're trying to attack. And give that, you know, six weeks of I'm just going to attack that one weakness and then go back and retest and see what happens. Yeah, easy enough. Next one, Joe, who can beat Khabib? Uh, Off the top of my head, Thanos, depending how many Infinity Gems he has. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe Tony Stark with the Red Iron Man suit. Uh, (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Um, You know, seriously, though, uh, Khabib is pretty damn good. I... From a UFC perspective, I don't really see anyone in the game right now beating him at his weight. I think he's just a dominant, transcendent fighter. That said, if George St. Pierre comes out of retirement, I think he can take down Khabib. So George St. Pierre would be my answer. My answer would be a little bit more Jedi here, and I would say Khabib is the one that will beat Khabib. Yeah, fair enough. If he, if he keeps his mind in the game— I mean, yeah. yeah, he's he's one of the best. And like yeah. you said, I just I don't see anybody else in the field right now that's gonna gonna take him down. If he gets in his head about it, he's gonna screw himself up, and somebody I, is gonna I be love, there to to take advantage. I love that you said that because funny story. I was there for Anderson Silva's UFC debut hmm. in 2006. It was Ultimate Fight Night Five, June 28th, and I saw him absolutely murderize Chris Lieben. Hmm. It was like. No one had ever seen like a destruction annihilation like that before. And it's funny because he went undefeated. I think he was undefeated for four or five years, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And and what what beat Anderson Silva? Honestly, I think he got bored. Mm-hmm. Like when you don't get tested, you get bored. So I, I, I like that answer. Like when Khabib decides he's he's had enough, he'll stop training hard and somebody will be there to jump all over him. Yep. But But right now. Apart from that, there's nobody that's got the skill other than, like I said, George St. Pierre, I think, mm-hmm. could 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 beat him um, because of styles and stuff, but nobody else. Yeah, I agree. What training techniques would you incorporate to increase speed, power, overall athleticism? Jump. Um, Jump. Or you could just go buy Lalo's shoes and Nitor Protein. 
Uh, that too. I mean, if if you want to go the hard way, jump. <laughs> yeah. You want to do it the easy way, go to nitorperformance.com, put in the code Maximus Podcast, and fill your face with protein. Um, seriously, though, oh, and shoes, lalo.com, code Maximus20. Which will help you jump. Shoes. It will help <laughs> you jump. It absolutely will. Um, the, the, the soles are made of special jumpy material, actually um, – mushrooms harvested from super mario's garden <laughs> that's what they use in the plastic to make the shoes joe this is serious don't laugh it's science but um, the laces are made of kangaroo tendons yes what, holy shit we are not meant to have a podcast but what what training techniques would you incorporate to increase speed power and uh, overall athleticism yeah jumping for sure mm-hmm like nothing can replace jumping. And I put sprinting in there too. If you have somebody that can sprint and can jump, they're a powerful person. There's plenty of people yeah. in the NFL that's all they do and are extremely powerful. So a short 20 to 40 yard sprints and then lots of jumps. Yeah. Plyometrics are just phenomenal. I mean, just being able to rebound, change direction. I mean, just the, the, the sheer power that you can develop doing that stuff is, yep. it's amazing. How, 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 I can't even read this, but how important is squat depth? Cause there seem to be a lot of shallow squats online. <laughs> well, shit, that's actually really funny. Um, apparently not that important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here, but here, Joe, from a scientific perspective, I actually had this talk the other day with somebody and I'd be curious your opinion on mm-hmm. it. If you're only training for looks and what I call generalized sports strength. Like you need to be strong for football or rugby. Yeah. I don't think that going to parallel is essential. You could go a couple of inches above parallel and still build huge legs and still get all the performance you need for basketball or football. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's like a magic that happens from going to parallel with a heavy squat. Uh, one one of my mantras is do the thing, right? So if you want to get better at football, let's say you're an offensive lineman, you want to get better at football, you got to play football. You're running back. You want to get better at football. You got to play your position, right? So I don't feel like it, even all other things being equal, the one guy who squats right above parallel versus the guy who squats below parallel, there's probably not a big advantage if they're putting the same oh. work in on the field. Like at a certain point, you can literally be strong enough to do the job. Somebody was, uh, um, it was LeBron James. He's doing half squats and people are making fun of him. Yeah. The guy's 37 years old. He looks like he's tremendous shape. He has led a fairly injury-free career. Yeah. Like he's only ever been hurt for real. I think once he missed like a 12-game stretch last year because of his groin. So what he's doing half squats? Yeah. Because when in the NBA would you ever find yourself at parallel? You just wouldn't. Yeah. So for the sport, no. But he's a perfect example because the dude's worth millions. And so if you're a trainer and you're working with him and he squats down and gets pinned under a barbell and ends up spraining his knee trying to get up out of it, like you just cost that team a shit ton of revenue when he has to sit out for six to eight weeks. Well, they actually own $36 million a year for the next five years. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot you know, of but, money. Now, now flip that around and say, well, okay, you know, you're you're uh, a, a typical average gym goer. Like, why are you concerned about squat depth? I mean, are you competing in an Olympic weightlifting meet? Probably want to learn how to squat to depth. Probably got to put a lot of work into that stuff because that's a big advantage, right? 
If you're just yep. trying to look good and get through life, and every time you squat deep, your back aches for days, like maybe it's just not in the cards for you. Like, why is that a bad thing? Yeah, do do half squats, quarter squats, yeah. right? I mean, I've I've got no problem, Joe. Somebody doing half squats heavy to build strength, right? And then doing full squats with no weight for range of motion. Well, I'll tell you, lately I've been doing a lot of squatting to a bench, like kind of sumo stance yep. squat, like ultra wide squats. And I mean, barely to parallel. And then today I just went in and went a lot lighter on the weight, but I did like three second pause squats. And yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm in the hole. I'm just hanging out, waiting for the bus and then drive up. No. Like no problem Nothing wrong with that at all. Nope. Um, can you build lean muscle mass or do you need to mask in initially and then lose body fat? Depends on your starting point. Yeah. If you are completely out of shape, you've never lifted a weight in your life. It is completely possible. I've done it with thousands of people yeah. to gain muscle and lose fat. If you are at the edge of what you can put on naturally muscle mass wise, you're already a heavily muscled individual. You need some body fat to put on more muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Does that seem clear enough, Joe? Yeah. It's like, like there's the a window, right? Like if you're brand spanking yeah. new, the window is wide open. The fitter yep. you are, kind of the more that window is closed and the harder it is to, to yeah. get that same effect. Like a guy like me who's 250 to 255, I've got to look at putting on some body fat to put on more size now. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm 6'3", 255 natural, and that's like a hard hill to climb over. And that's why, yeah. Joe, you'll see one day I'm 255, the next I'm 251, the next I'm 249, the next I'm 253. Mm -hmm. Like I'm constantly up and down. I need to put on body fat, but I've been working out for years and yeah. I'm already big. And flip that around. Take a guy who's you know 400 pounds and never worked out a day in his life. Starts lifting yeah. some light weights, like yeah, now he's going to be putting on a ton of muscle because internally he just doesn't have any, and so your body's oh, yeah. going to be laying it down at the same time, just chewing up calories, you know, burning through fat. Yeah. So as long as you're burning fat, yeah. Uh, the best exercises and methods to build big legs, calves, hamstrings, quads, and glutes, uh, squatting and deadlifting. Yeah, nothing beats it. Nope. To be honest with you, and and we talked about squat depth, but. Three quarter squats, half squats heavy, full squats. Lots of volume. Uh, lots, yeah, of volume. lots of and, volume. And, and I would say if you're doing tons of volume, then go quarter squats if you have to. You just yeah. time under tension. You're just trying to get as much time under tension as you can. Lunges I'd throw in there too. Oh, Lunges yeah. Amen. And, and I would say too, if you're going to do cardio, do like ride the bike. Because if you've ever yep. seen like an Olympic bike sprinter guys, they got huge legs. So do what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so squats, deadlifts, lunges, and, and short, hard sprints yeah. away you go. Would you discuss the benefits of long, steady state cardio and building an aerobic base? Uh, I actually love talking about this. Mm -hmm. You recover quicker during the effort. You recover quicker between efforts. And, and so the aerobic base really, really helps you with recovery. That's, I think, the number one area. So uh, if you've got to do, Joe, like any type of interval workout, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, the difference between somebody with an aerobic base and not an aerobic base, mm -hmm. the 30 seconds off is not enough time if you don't have an aerobic base to recover. Right. Those intervals are going to get harder and harder and harder. A person with a sky-high aerobic base, that 30 seconds, they can come back almost fully charged mm -hmm. and ready to go. So, that, so the, that's there, there's an uh, elliptical machine that I like to use at, uh, at the athletic club where I train. Um, and the reason I like it is because it has a 30-30 interval program in it where it'll 
jack the uh, resistance on the machine up for the interval. So you like really got to dig in and go. And then during the recovery session, it, it brings it way down. So it's actually really easy, but it tracks your heart rate and it will actually tell you what the difference is between like your peak during the interval and where you ended on your rest interval. And so you can see, like, if you were going, you know, 185 beats per minute during your hard interval, and then it drops to 145 beats during your rest, like, that's a pretty good indication of your ability to recover. If you're going 185, and then it only drops down to like 180, well, you don't have any ability to recover, really. So it's kind of yeah, a cool, sure. cool thing to think about that way. It's like, it's, it's what you can get back to, right? And how quickly you, you can in, be, be reset. Yeah. And you see it in sport. Like if you mm-hmm. see a fight that's it's three five-minute rounds, one minute off, if you have a high aerobic base, you come back in that minute ready to go. You tell if a great story about, uh, about Hacks Pack at the, uh, the CrossFit Games because that was yes. the difference. That's what got them ahead, right? Everybody else started falling apart. But, you know, three days into the competition, they were still taking first, second, third in all the events. Yeah, they, they uh, were really fit people. Adrian Conway, Tommy Hackenbrook, Mike Kazayu. Uh, uh, Taylor, uh, Mandy. I mean, we had a great team. Yeah. Um, Aaron Bedian, uh, uh, Mary Lampus. There was a couple different people that were on the team over those two years, but they were lacking what I call long aerobic base type work. Um, and their Fran times were stuck. Their Diane times were stuck. Their Karen times were stuck. Like stuff just wasn't moving, Joe. Yeah. And so what I did is I made them do three hour hikes and runs on the weekend and they hated me for it. <laughs> like didn't want to do it at all. Well, a funny thing started happening. All their times started coming down. Cause now when you're doing Diane 21, 59, they could almost do it unbroken. Yeah. When I talk about recovering quicker during the effort versus having to take a rest, mm-hmm. if they did have to take a 10 <laughs> second rest, well, what would happen is they could maximize those 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So times would drop on Diane from like 230 to 212, mm-hmm. 212 to 201. Like people would blaze through this stuff. And so they were psyched. So they started doing more and more endurance training because they saw the benefit of it. Yeah. But then a funny thing happened at the games. Event one, they were like fifth, 10th, mm-hmm. eighth. Event two, fifth, 10th, eighth. Events three, one. Event four, one. Mm-hmm. Event five, one. Event six, one. As all the other teams started to break down because you're doing three different events in a day. Yeah. Tommy was like, it feels like we just did a warm up. Uh-huh. So that's where you recover quicker between efforts. So that kind of kind of double edged blade, that's it's an amazing thing. So anyone that's playing any kind of sport or wants a real depth of fitness, you need endurance training. Yeah. The wider the base, the taller the pyramid. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Would you discuss the benefit of combining cardiovascular intervals with weight, body weight type moves? Well, I I. You know, Joe, actually, I think you should answer this because that essentially is CrossFit. I mean, yeah. <laughs> to a degree. I mean, it really is. Um, I guess the thing to think about here is it's just power output, right? Yep. So you're, you're getting your heart rate up. So you're kind of training your aerobic pathway, but you're also training everything in between. You know, so without, without getting too nerdy, it's like you're, you're burning all your rocket fuel. You're burning your diesel fuel and you're burning your, your fat burning like energy resources yeah. all simultaneously. And so you're getting a lot of work done in a very short period of time. And, and just what like we, what we talked about sense. before is it, it forces those intervals. You know, it forces you to work, 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 yeah. rest quickly, work, 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 rest quickly, work, work, work. I mean, you're going to get super fit. Yeah, what I hear you trying to say is it's super efficient. 
Yeah. It's, you combine weightlifting and cardio, you can get a shit ton of stuff done in a very short period of time. Amen. Right? Yep. Um, the other thing is I think the skill of being able to work hard under cardiovascular duress or lift under cardiovascular duress is really useful for various aspects of life. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're in a fight, you have to figure out how to pick somebody up and throw them to the ground when you can't breathe. If you're in the military, that's something that's important. You got to figure out how to lift something and, and be able to run. Yeah. Um, football, same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I think all around, that's a really good skill to have. No, I, I was at a seminar with uh, Kelly Starrett from Mobility Wad. And he was just saying, like, if I told you guys, like, our, our workout today was going to be to do one heavy deadlift, like, what would you say? And everybody's like, hell yeah, let's do this. He's like, but you have to run two laps around the building first. Yes. Like, that changes the equation significantly because it's a totally different experience when you're under that cardiovascular fatigue oh. going into it. Oh, for sure. Again, useful for a lot of life, Joe. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times you're out of breath and you're trying to lift stuff and brace yourself. And frankly, that's when people get hurt because mm-hmm. they haven't developed that skill. Yeah. All right. And our final question, Joe, from the inner circle. I've just started Joe's transformation training plan. If I budget my time well, I can do the workouts and the extra hour of cardio involved. My question is, does it matter if the cardio is done in the evening instead of the a.m.? It's easier for me to do the actual workout in the morning and the slower cardio in the evening after my boys are in bed. I'm open to other suggestions to training timing. Well, this is easy. Uh, No. If you switch it around, it totally will not work and the game is over. And yes, the other option is to just buy the shoes and, and get the night or protein. And then you don't have to. I like that answer. (laughs) I kid. I kid. No, it doesn't matter. But I would say if you're going to do the cardio later, you got to push the cardio a little harder. Yes. Because it is a little bit different when you wake up, you're doing like a fasted cardio in the morning and then hitting a hard training session later in the day. If you're going to hit your hard training session early, try to hit the cardio a little harder. But yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's a fair answer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really what I think it comes down to is you just have to, with any workout program, people get into, do I have to work out in the morning? Do I have to work out at night? Do I have to, you know, I don't know if that matters so much. The work just has to get done. Yeah, yeah. That's the biggest thing. I mean, there are all kinds of little things that you can talk about. Biorhythms, your testosterone's higher at a certain time of the day. Uh, if you if you do cardio in a fasted state, you should burn more fat. I mean, there's all kinds of scientific stuff, but I think that's percentage points. Well, and, and I would say too, to be like honest if, with you. if you're a 220-pound dude who's 26% body fat with a 250-pound deadlift – I don't give a crap what time of day you deadlift. Just get it done. Yeah. You got work to do. You need to get in there. When, That's when, exactly when it. When you're Eddie freaking Hall and you're trying to squeak out another two pounds on a world record, maybe the yeah. testosterone – like maybe you're better off lifting at 3 p.m. versus 1 p.m. I don't know. Like that stuff yep. might make a difference. Yep, for sure. All right. That's been a fun question and answer, Joe. A lot of information. Do you have any, do you have any questions for me? You know, I'm stumped. <laughs> What, what I have you one for you. All right, ask away. I have one for you. Sure. What What's with you and your family's weird obsession with um, Dave <laughs> Lombardi? Dave Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his name is. Brett. Brett, Brett Lombardi. Lombardi. <laughs> you guys all love Dave Lombardi and, 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 and Vince what? Faber. But what's like – Ray what, Nitschke. What, 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 Ray Nitschke. Why – why do I have to take some hate over this? 
let, let me just explain something because a lot of people don't understand. I, I will just make this very simple. When you are born in the state of Wisconsin, immediately they start indoctrinating you. Like when you go to school, it's like, you know, you say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and then to the Packers. When you go to church, you know, the, 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 the big sermon is always about how God favors the Packers and hates the Bears. When you go to the supermarket, you're buying Brett Favre peanut butter. I remember there being Mark Chamura candy bars. The uh, the uh, Monster Burger at Hardee's was not the Monster Burger. That was the Gilbert Brown Burger. Gilbert Brown was a big boy. Could you say that guy's name again, the, the, the quarterback? Wait, Brett Favre? Favre? It, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia right now, and it's pronounced, well, it's spelt Favre. Favre. Not Favre. Right. Is that some weird Wisconsin reference? I, I, it's like French. I don't know. He's from Alabama. Who knows? All right. Fair enough. <laughs> he, is he on the same ground as, 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 as Vince Lombardi? You like, know, are they regarded as the he, same? I, I would say no. I think Lombardi's on a whole nother level. I mean, it is. Okay. It, it, it's, you know, the, the cult of personality with Lombardi. With, with is, Favre, I think he was up until his last season. And then, of course, he went and played for the Vikes, which was like a big no-no. So he lost a lot of favor there. One more. Is Vince Lombardi that dude that always wears that hat made of cheese? Yes, definitely. Okay. (laughs) Is he the one that invented the cheese hat? I will give him credit for that. I don't know if that's true, but that sounds good enough. Am I getting more hate mail over this? (laughs) You may. (laughs) Yes, I may. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Well, this has been fun, Joe. Um, You guys remember, if you want to uh, join the conversation, these questions are the kind of thing that we answer all the time on the inner circle. So if you want priority, we answer questions every single day, every damn day. If you're Bobby Maximus, Mm -hmm. go to innercircle.themaximuspodcast.com or go to themaximuspodcast.com and sign up. And we're happy to answer your questions day after day after day. Provide workouts, motivational videos, uh, really anything you guys want. Away we go. 